Episode 8, Unravel and Reweave Cutting-Edge Healing Modalities. This is Jennifer McCall, and you're on The Bridge, a place spanning the mainstream and the magical, helping you navigate the world of both and move back and forth between the physical and spiritual paradigms. Is it all the same thing in the end? We are supposed to live in both places. We are all bridges. Welcome. Today, we're going to hear from spiritual Wikipedia and healing detective Debbie Lochbaugh about cutting-edge energy healing modalities and trying everything. It might be interesting to know that in um, Czechoslovakia and Germany, this is covered by insurance. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to On the Bridge. I don't know if you've noticed this or not, but most of the people that I've interviewed on this podcast all had really traditional jobs, mainstream jobs, before they uh, got into energy healing or psychic reading or something that is sort of a new paradigm sort of career. Um, And this week's guest, uh, Debbie Loshbaugh, is no exception to that. Uh, Debbie is a master healer who's been in the healing arts for two decades after a long career in information technology. She is constantly seeking to enhance her skill set, learning all types of healing work. Debbie uses a fusion of modern and ancient healing techniques to help people heal themselves from the inside out. She is often thought of as a healer's healer. She prefers modalities that are not as well known that reach further and deeper, especially those related to higher consciousness. Debbie helps you bring yourself to balance in the mind, body, and spirit, the essence of true healing. Some of Debbie's um, modalities that she's adept at are energetic fusion, which is her own modality, combining all that she has ever learned. Debbie acts as an energetic detective. She goes into your core essence, finds all your weaknesses related to your stated intention, and clears all subconscious emotions and beliefs at all dimensional levels related to those weaknesses. You simply receive the process. Um, She also does Dao. I'm not going to say this right. Sorry, Debbie. Uh, It's D-A-O-T-H-A, Sound Code Therapy and Atlas Balancing. It's a sound healing modality that moves your atlas into its natural socket permanently in one session. She also does something called Access Consciousness Bars. Uh, She teaches this amazing modality. It's a great starter modality for someone who wants to be a healing professional. She does something called Bioenergetic Transmission, a higher consciousness modality using stunning images and chants to include light, sound, and vibration in your expanded field. This is best done in groups. Um, her website is lifeonfirehealing.com, and I'll also put that in the show notes, and it's also in the interview. So one question I had this week before we start this amazing interview with the amazing Debbie, um, someone asked me, this question um, in a message and they said hey like if you're a healer and you're a psychic medium and you do all this intuitive work why are you interviewing people um, who do the same things that you do and asking questions about what they do and that's a that's a really great question so I wanted to answer that 
So one of my goals with the podcast is to really just educate people who are interested in this, but they don't really know about some of these things like healing and psychic medium work and, um, you know, ghosts in the interview I did with Gretchen Mann and Lori Filsinger. So just different things that people that are a little bit out of the ordinary that are sort of in the new paradigm, new kind of new thought, um, and so what I try to do is think of questions. If, if I were somebody at home, if I were a listener who didn't really have a lot of experience with this, what might I ask? And so even if I think I know the answer to a question, because I have a lot of experience with some of these, oh, there's the clock giving me confirmation again. <laughs> even if I think I have the answer to something. Um, what I, I will go ahead and ask the question because I think it's important for people at home to know the answers, right? And a lot of times what I find, which is so interesting, is I find that, you know, something that I think the answer is will be right, but also I'll get a different answer from someone I'm interviewing, and that'll also be correct, right? There's not just one right answer to any of this. And so I find that I learn just as much uh, by doing the interviews as probably people at home do listening and so at least I hope uh, that everyone's enjoying it as much as I'm enjoying it. So, And I love learning and talking about, I love getting together with like-minded individuals and learning about these things. So um, that's one thing. Also, you probably have heard me, um, you know, when I was interviewing Stan Holt and now in this interview with Debbie, you know, you're going to see that I use, um, that I also go to healers, even though I am a healer. And why don't I just heal myself <laughs> is a good question somebody might be thinking. And I do sometimes. Um, sometimes when I'm walking up the mountain and my calves get tight, I do a little this and that on them and they just relax right up and up the mountain I go. Um, sometimes I'll have a headache and I'll do some work on my head, a little bit of energy healing and, you know, and that'll ease up or go away. So there are a lot of ways that I can use it uh, on myself and uh let's think about a massage, you know, you can sit there and give yourself a foot massage and so can I, and that's great. And it'll help your feet feel great, but isn't it more fun if you, and, and more, much more relaxing and you get a lot out of it. If you go to someone else and have a full body massage or one of one of those, um, foot massages that lasts an hour, you know, th those are, so it, it's great self-care to allow yourself to go and be in the hands of another healer and have a different uh, type of experience than the one that you would provide for yourself. And often it's, you know, a lot, very rich and deep. Um, so I love meeting other healers and using them. And so um, it's fun to interview them and talk to them. Also in this interview, we talk about um, going to allopathic doctors. That's a regular medicine doctor, like most people see, in cases you didn't know the, you don't know the word allopathic. And we talk, Debbie talks a little bit about chiropractors, and I want to say right off the bat that we're definitely uh, not disparaging any other types of healers. Um, it, everybody has their place. If you are using a chiropractor or an allopathic doctor and you're getting great results, that's fantastic. Allopathic medicine is excellent with acute problems. Um, if your appendix is ruptured, you better go to the hospital. <laughs> of course, you can have some energy healers working on you as well while you're there, but um, there are some, you know, everything has its place. And so uh, this, the point of this interview is absolutely not to disparage anyone. So I just wanted to say that quickly before we start. Also, 
Uh, You may notice that in this interview, Debbie didn't even start on this path until she was after 50. And I started later, mid-40s. So I I would say, you know, keep your mind open. Um, You just never know when you're going to find the thing that you really resonate with and the thing that makes you happy and brings you joy in life. Uh, It could be at any time. Debbie and I actually met playing a game. Um, called the Clarity Game, and we had a lot of fun that night. Um, and neither one of us won. <laughs> Another lovely lady won that evening. But we had uh, during the game. There's a dance party, and we got to dance, and it was really fun. And she and I have actually been working on another project that is somewhat related to healing, but uh, it's been very interesting. So I feel like we've gotten to know one another a lot better through that. Um, so I think she's terrific. I respect her a lot. Um, she is definitely a spiritual Wikipedia. She has got a huge healing toolbox. She will learn everything. She will try everything. If you're having a problem, she's going to really try her best to get to it. And so that's why I feel very comfortable um, recommending that people try Debbie. Another thing to note about healing is that healers use different what we call modalities, or they're kind of like um, processes. Um, You've probably heard of Reiki. That's a very, very common, I don't want to say common, that's not a very good word, uh, but pretty well-known energy healing modality. Um, I've studied Reiki. I'm a Reiki master. I know Debbie has also studied that. Probably Stan has too. Um, I've also studied, you know, pranic healing, um, different shamanic types of healing, Celtic, Hawaiian, Nordic, (laughs) Um, and also matrix energetics. And I kind of do my own kind of modality that I've made up myself, which is um, pretty closely based on shamanic things and matrix energetics. So I work really clairvoyantly and also claircognizantly. So I see and know things. I ask open-ended questions, what will be useful for this client? And the answers come. And I don't know how that works and it doesn't matter. It just works. And Debbie has a whole different process where she sings and sings these beautiful sounds as she's working on you. And she's also asking questions and muscle testing, um, different things to find out what the real issues are. And she goes into those. And I feel like I label things less um, probably than some other healers and definitely less than Debbie. She has such a huge, like like I said, spiritual Wikipedia. Um, and neither way is right or wrong. They're both fantastic and they're both valid. But my point is, is and then, you know, Stan Holt works in a totally different way. And I have other friends that are healers that work in different modalities and work completely differently. And if you've ever seen The Healer, and I'll put the link to the show in the show notes, but if you've ever seen Charlie Goldsmith, who's a very famous healer from Australia, you know, he just holds his hands over someone and blinks his eyes. And I don't, you know, I don't know what he's doing, but it looks very different than what I do. Sometimes I look like that. I don't do the blink and eye thing, but anyway, everybody works differently. So it's very interesting to interview people, see how they work. Just like if you go to two doctors, they're going to do things completely differently. If you go to two, if you watch uh, Babe Ruth and Hank Aaron, you know, they both hit record numbers of home runs, but they their bodies looked completely differently when they were doing it, and they had totally different styles, and they had totally different personalities. So um, healing work is definitely not a one-size-fits-all kind of thing. It's, it's very creative. It's very 
um, fluid. It's very, you know, it's as different as each practitioner, as each individual. Um, We're all just conduits for the energy. I don't believe we're actually doing anything ourselves. I think we're just all the translators. That's my opinion. So each translator is going to be different. So uh, that's enough about that. And here's my interview with my friend, Debbie. Hello, Debbie. How are you? Hi there. I'm great. How are you? Great. I'm sitting here with Debbie Loshbau, who is an Atlanta energy healer. Is that correct? That's correct. And she has so many modalities, and she is so busy. I feel like I'm here with one of the busiest energy <laughs> practitioners, which this is a good thing. It is a good thing. It little, can be a stressful, but it's good stress. Yeah. And so thank you for your time and thank for you. driving over here and coming in today. And Debbie is up in the Roswell Sandy Springs. I just got a new clock. Sorry. Hey, <laughs> clock. Uh, validation. So she's up in the Roswell, uh, Sandy Springs, Alpharetta area, but also comes into Atlanta. So you will go... Right, but 95% of my work is done remotely. And I have done remote work with Debbie, and I highly recommend it. And I've done in-person work with Debbie, and I highly recommend that. So I highly recommend Debbie. (laughs) So so I want to tell one little story about something that you did for me before we start. Okay. In that I was having a meeting with a lot of people. I was uh, at my job. I was doing a lot of uh, event planning as part of my job, running a legal association. And so I called Debbie and I said, I want to set up an appointment because I'm going to be sick after this meeting because I am always sick after these meetings from the stress because I'm an introvert and I have to be around a lot of people. And Debbie said, well, why don't we just do something before the meeting so that you don't get sick? <laughs> and I was concept. like, I'm like, duh. So... That was great. So I had a session with Debbie, and guess what? I did not get sick after my mating for like one of the first times in 15 years. So I'm telling you, right. not only should you have a session, but you should listen to what she says because, <laughs> because she knows her stuff and she will help you. So I listened to a podcast with you, Debbie, and it started off talking about how um, you were in actually in the high-tech world before you started doing healing. And so, um, and you lost your job and it was outsourced overseas. And so I kind of wanted you to briefly tell a little bit about how you got into healing. Like I got really sick. So my story is, oh my gosh, I almost died. And that led me into this path of allopathic medicine isn't going to work for me. So how did you all of a sudden being a high tech person and a business person, very grounded in the one paradigm into going into this other very interesting field of work. Well, I hope I'm not revealing too much, but I'm uh, sober for 22 years. That's awesome. Congratulations. Thank you. And back when I used to drink, one of the ways that I got free drinks was to go around the bar and give everybody massages. Mm. And I spent hours doing this. And um, people were saying, you know, you really have a gift for this. You're really good at this. You need to go get be a professional. And I never graduated from college. I had a number of years at school, but I never had a, got a degree or anything. And so I went and did this and I went to the Atlanta School of Massage, which at the time was the number one massage school in the country. Wow. I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, it's always in one of the top three, but it was number one that year. And I learned how to do this professionally and I still was in IT, so I never did it full time. And even part-time, I burn out pretty quick. It's a very high burnout profession. Super physical. 
It is. Yeah. And if you're not uh, the queen of self-care, you know, it may not be the best profession for you. But um, when I turned 50, my mom wanted to send me somewhere. And this is always her thing. Oh, go on a trip. We'll pay for it. I'm like, <laughs> oh, my God, I'm an army brat. I just, I moved every three years. I have no desire to travel. But very interested in metaphysical things, Louise Hay and things like that. So there was a conference in Tampa called the I Can Do It Conference. And she bought me the whole week. So, you know, most of it is the last weekend. But before that, there's a lot of activities. And you can spend half a day with each author. Mm. Um, and so I did Abraham Hicks. I did Greg Braden. I did Colette Baron reed I want your mom to adopt me. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> That's a good conference. And so um, on the last day of the author things, I went to lunch with a friend of mine. She's um, a medical intuitive to the level she can tell you what your DNA is saying. She's like mm -hmm. Edgar Casey revisited. She's amazing. And I used to see her in Atlanta, and I hadn't talked to her in years. And she lives in Tampa, so she's like, let's go to lunch. So I went to lunch, and she said, who are you seeing after lunch? And I said, Brian Weiss, who does the past life regression stuff. And oh, yeah. she said, that's great. It's, it's powerful work. It's wonderful. Um, however, you are in a room with a hundred other people, so please don't go too deep. Oh. And I really took that as, this is not for you today. So I went back. <laughs> I think that was the hint. Yeah. I, you know, who would know better? So, yeah. so I crossed him off the list and then I looked and I, I didn't know any of the other people. <laughs> so I, this one guy had said infinite love and gratitude. And I went, well, hey, I could use some of that. So... I went to Dr. Darren Wiseman's presentation of his technique called the Lifeline Technique. And it was two hours, and I was in the second row. And, you know, it was educational. It wasn't this heart-tugging type of thing. And he, and he did work on one person, but that also didn't really have anything to do with me. She had quit smoking and started back and wanted to quit again. But I sat there for two hours, and I sobbed. Wow. I cried and cried and cried and cried. And then when I came out of there, I couldn't do anything. I sat on a bench in that hotel for an hour and a half before I could even move. And I said, I have no idea what just happened to me here, but I'm supposed to be doing this. So I went upstairs and immediately signed up for the training. It was speaking to you. It was. Um, it was really powerful work. And... So I did three long weekends in Chicago, and he's very strict about who gets certified. There was a, a verbal exam. There wow. was an eight-hour written exam. And um, I can't remember. Oh, and you had to score a 90% or above to be certified. So nice. I got certified, and um, I j I'm like a sponge for this kind of stuff. Yeah. I, I don't know. It's I'm supposed to be doing it or something, and so... Everything appeals to me, especially really different stuff, you know, out there stuff, as, as some people would call it. The real stuff. The, the, the higher. Stuff, the stuff under the stuff. Right. The high, Well, actually, the stuff above the stuff. <laughs> the, the, the stuff above the stuff, The too. higher yeah. consciousness modalities are what I really like. And mm. so <clears throat> um, I can continue with where I went next. Or Yeah, no, that's great. And it's funny. I had... I won't tell my story because today's about you, but I had a similar experience when I kind of found the first modality that I found, but it was different because 
instead of crying that it was speaking to me, I was crying. I can't do this. I can't do this. I have to get out of here. Like, you know, I had like a strong visceral opposite reaction. Ah. And then people were like, just stay in here. And then some weird things happen. But that is funny how when you find the thing that you're supposed to be doing, you're going to have a big reaction, be it. (laughs) Exactly. Oh, my gosh, this is melting my heart. Or wait, I refuse to look at that. I will not look at that. Or what in the world just happened here? Yeah. yeah. (laughs) There's some kind of reaction I think that people have. Yeah. So I started doing the lifeline technique and essentially lifeline is about emotional clearing. Mm -hmm. Um, the, The premise is that all issues, I don't care if it's physical, financial, relationship, whatever, are created by emotions that haven't been processed. And it's not that we said, oh, I'm not going to deal with that. It's that our subconscious mind protects us from what we don't have the strategies and tools to deal with. So that's a good thing because you're being protected, but it's not a good thing because those emotions never get processed. They stay within your consciousness and they become disease and relationship problems and financial issues. And so... Um, and they keep coming up and up and up again. It's right. sort of like if somebody takes a rug and they take all the dirt and kind of shove it under the rug, mm-hmm. and then you have a big bump and you just keep tripping over exactly. that big bump in the rug. Yeah. Um, <laughs> exactly. so, so he calls... Better to lift up the rug and sweep out that exactly. stuff. That is exactly what we're doing. Um, he, he calls uh, symptoms gifts and strange wrapping paper because Ooh. those symptoms are there to get our attention. And the symptom is even, you know, a relationship problem or financial stuff so those symptoms are there to get our attention to find out what it is we haven't processed yet and to bring it up and out and I really the thing I love about the lifeline technique is that it goes everywhere Uh, and I just call it unraveling the story and reweaving it and what I love about this too you know like in our society we are so used to we go to the doctor we have a symptom and they treat that symptom exactly so they give you a pill or whatever and it just kind of covers it up but it doesn't actually make that thing go away or work on healing it so it's just going to like the bump in the road keep coming up and coming up but one thing i love in working with you is like i don't always know what that thing is that you're working on so it's not confronting Does that make sense? Exactly. It's not like I feel any kind of shame in working with you or any kind of, oh, my God, she's going to know this thing about me and I don't want her to know. Like you just come in and do your thing and it speaks to you. And you're so, I would say, loving and gentle to not be like, let me tell you about your stuff. Right. (laughs) Let me tell you what's wrong with you. Let me tell you what's wrong with you. So it's just like this. And and you're going to tell about some more modalities, but... I love, and it's not that people don't, shouldn't maybe know, but it just, I don't know how to explain that. Well, you're working, I'm working in the subconscious mind. And so a lot of people have done a lot of therapy and I'm not putting down therapy. It saved my life for sure. But when you're thinking or talking, you're in your conscious mind. And all of this stuff I'm working with is in the subconscious mind. So a lot of people want to take notes and write down all the emotions. And, yeah. all, and I'm like, let it go because once we clear it, it's gone. And there's no point in rehashing it yeah. after the session. So Don't go looking for the thing that was wrong. Exactly. It, it might come back. <laughs> and part of the lack of judgment is that they might not be your emotions. I, I try to reinforce this that... These can be your emotions now. They can be your emotions from childhood, but they might not be. They might be your partner's emotions. They might be your parents' emotions. They could be emotions that were slung at you. I remember working on a a yogi, 
just the most peaceful human being you've ever met in your life. And what come, kept coming up was hatred, 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 prejudice, prejudice, hatred. I knew that wasn't him, yeah. but um, he was gay. And so he'd had a lot of this prejudice and a lot oh. of this hatred thrown at him. So I always say, you know, if you, for example, grew up with a raging parent, you might be the most peaceful person in the world, but you're carrying rage because you absorbed it from what was being thrown at you. So it's, it's really powerful work. And I did that for a long time, and I got to a place where I wasn't quite getting to the end of some things, mm-hmm. um, which doesn't satisfy me. I'm, I'm like... <laughs> get this done. That's my (laughs) IT background, you know, figure out the problem, troubleshoot it, do the work to take care of it. And, um, yeah. And so, and I would say that because when you're going through this whole checklist of that, you're looking for all these different things and you're very thorough. Yes, it is the most, well, what I did was I added to the lifeline technique. Right, so you have your own modality. I do have my own. And that is plural. (laughs) Right. I I knew that most of the best practitioners I knew used something called the Ewan Method by Dr. Cam Ewan. And he's very much older now, and he doesn't teach anymore, and he changed his certification um, procedure, and you can't find anybody to teach it. He did have videos. So I did one of the videos, but mm-hmm. it's him sitting in front of a microphone. You can't ask questions. You can't. So I was very disappointed that I couldn't learn this. So I went out and bought his books. I bought uh, his life chart. So could uh, I link his books below in the description of the show um, notes? Can you still get them? Yes. Okay. I'll try to link a book for you guys so you can see what she's talking yes. about. Yes. And so. And gals. I hate when people just say guys. Right. And and ladies. <laughs> <laughs> So I got all those and I started putting together, you know, what I love about his work is that you look for the weakness. Now, I've had law of attraction people say, we don't talk about weaknesses. And I'm like, if you don't talk about weaknesses, you're not going to be healing anybody. I'm not going (laughs) to. I'm only going to put my intentions in positive language. And I'm like, that's, you know, we're working on the shadow side, you know. I, yeah. I hear you, but yeah. try to take a step back and everything. So, yeah, I um, think that's a very balanced way. I think when people are really just, they're just airy fairy and everything is just positive, how can you find the thing that you're looking for that needs the attention? It's, and I am not I a fan of People won't like <laughs> this, but I'm not a really big fan of law of attraction because I, I have a client list full of clients who did all that. And, yeah. and what it does is it helps you repress your emotions. You know, I'm not going to think anything negative. I'm not going to have a negative emotion. And yeah. and so it all stays in there. So yeah. it's not it's not helpful in that manner. Right. So, and I think there may be some situations where it's a really good thing to try and it's applicable. But I don't think you can take it with a big brush and say, I'm going to paint my whole life with law of attraction. Exactly. It's, Just like you wouldn't say, I'm going to paint my whole life with any other type of thing. You know? Right. Right. Um, so... So I added Dr. Ewan's, some of Dr. Ewan's, um, what's the word, philosophy, I guess. Not necessarily his modality, but he looks for the weaknesses. And a weakness can be anything from um, a chakra imbalance to a psychic thing to the causal body, which is one of the energetic bodies. And so it's just all over the board. And when I 
Um, so I started looking for the weaknesses and clearing those weaknesses. And in his modality, you clear it by taking it down the spine and back up. Or I say spine, it's really the midline of the body. Anything mm -hmm. you do along the midline of the body strengthens you. So this is how we clear the weaknesses. And then I was walking through then into the lifeline technique, clear the emotions related to this. And I thought, wait, why, why am I waiting till the end to clear the emotions? So now... I find the weakness, I clear the weakness, and then I find the emotions related to that weakness, mm -hmm. either the emotions that caused it or the emotions that were created by it. And then I thought, you know, why not throw in my other stuff? I do pranic healing, and if so, if there's a chakra issue, uh, I will do pranic healing. And sometimes that's the only thing that will work. I could do energetic fusion on a chakra, but it's the pranic healing they need. So... Each has its own thing that it brings to the to the forefront, and then I um, do atlas balancing or Dao Ta sound codes. So especially if there's pain or an issue with the neck or the spine or or a part of the body, um, there's a sound code that's needed, and so I sing the sound code. So I'm realizing that I keep adding and adding and adding to my <laughs> modality, and I never charge more. So so uh, they're getting whatever everything I got is is what people are getting. So. And you know what this, and when I hear the sound codes, they remind me of when you're singing, and she has a great voice. It's sort of like having a, a Native American or a shaman person, woman singing into your soul. Like you can feel it yeah. deep in your bones and your body. Like those sound codes are really legit. Yeah, and I do another modality called bioenergetic transmission, which is um, sound, light, and vibration. And so the. Um, the light and vibration are these images that this guy downloaded after a 10-day water fast and Kriya Yoga. I mean, he's like, he's in his late 20s, and he's probably the most advanced soul that I know of. And so he downloaded these images, and he put them in a computer program. But what you have to realize is there's a thousand layers underneath that image, and each image does a different thing. And so um, we download the image into the person, and then we... Um, do a command mm -hmm. and then uh, then toning so and this was another one i don't pick the easy stuff <laughs> yeah you do i was like i don't you know people think my voice sounds good but i've been on a microphone i cannot sing um but it was quite interesting to to go a little out there um i was doing i had a i had a one day where i did i think seven or eight people uh, atlas balancing because I had one client that I'd had done atlas balancing with and she was one of Jim Self's master teachers um, what is it mastering alchemy and they were having a convention in, in Atlanta and <laughs> and so she talked to this person and that person talked to this person and I went down to that hotel near the airport and I did seven or eight people that day which was really interesting because this is such high frequency work I was just, bzzz, I was just <laughs> vibrating by the time I left there. It well, was it was astounding. But the last person I did, she said, um, "Do you carry dolphin medicine?" And I went, "No, I don't think so." And she very clearly sensed a dolphin behind me, and I was behind her. And so I checked into that, and and I do because when I when I learned the atlas balancing, and I had to learn the sound codes. Now I carry 
whale and dolphin medicine. And so it helps my voice because I don't have that voice that you hear. That voice I hear, yeah, it sounds like a whale. I mean, you can see it's a very, like a low vibrational, not in a bad way, low vibrational, but just very low tone to hear with your ears. Right. And some of these sound codes. very deep and very, I don't know how to, it fills the room up. And there's an overtone that's not yes. me. Yeah. So I'm getting help. You know. I agree with that. I agree with that. Yeah. In Matrix Energetics, uh, dolphin energy, they call it frequency 16. And it's like the frequency of joy. Like it's a healing frequency oh, wow. of joy and playfulness. And so when somebody needs that and you bring it in, they usually are somebody who's working a lot and they're, you know, very serious and they need to play more and have more fun. and. Mm-hmm. So, I love that. Yeah. It's kind of so cool. So tell us about... So I put it all together, and now I find... I think it's the most comprehensive thing I have ever run across because I go all kinds of places that, that I don't find other modalities go. So it's a, it's very powerful work. So somebody has some kind of... So here's the other thing. It doesn't have to be just a physical exactly. thing that you work on with somebody. So somebody can call you and say, okay, Deb, I got this bad back or... I've got this headache or, you know, whatever their physical, or I have diverticulitis or whatever their thing is mm-hmm. that could be physical. Or they could say to you, what are some other things that people have called you for? Like, I would like to manifest something. Exactly. A lot of, I got a lot of abundance people wanting to have more money in their life. And there's just so many things to clear around that, that I'm thinking about doing a weekly class for it. Oh, um, I want to sign up for that. And, um, <laughs> I have too much abundance as far as things go. Right. Exactly. Right exactly. And then there's um, relationship stuff. And I, I do specific things for each of these. Like um, I can work on a couple mm-hmm. or I can work on one person um, regarding their relationship. I can't work on the partner without their permission. Mm-hmm. But here's what happened to me when I had just learned the lifeline technique. My dad, I was living with my parents trying to help with their care and my dad started having what I recognized as TIAs. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so my dad is like, None of that woo garbage for me, right? Yeah. <laughs> None of that. So tell them what a stuff. TIA is. Oh, if I, I don't know what it stands for, but it's a kind of a pre-stroke, little right. mini strokes. Okay. And so I got in touch with Darren Wiseman from the Lifeline Technique, and I said, "Are you telling me I cannot work on him?" And he said, "That's exactly what I'm telling you." And I was so mad. But he said, "Here's what you can do." He said, "You can work on yourself for how you feel about that." And how much oh, the TIAs frighten you. I and love that. All the stuff. And I did, and he never had another one. So that's interesting. Yeah. I love your ethics about that, though, yes. because people often will say, like, will you work on this person for mm-hmm. me? And sometimes you might get a yes. Like, you might right. feel energetically with that person. Okay, that might be okay, right? Mm-hmm. And you can test for that, or this person is saying absolutely not. I usually, well, unless it's a child. If it's your child, and if they're under eighteen, then then you can work on them. But mm-hmm. yes, I don't I don't work on anybody else without their permission. And even if I tried, nothing would come up to be cleared if mm-hmm. if they didn't want it worked on. Right, so. that's true. And I've heard of people like in a coma. Sometimes people will say, "Will you work on this person?" Yes, and, and in been, that case, I can ask their higher self right. if I have permission, or a family member if I have permission. 
Okay. So, yes, it can work that way as and well. And if they don't want you to, it's not going to work anyway. Exactly. That's why, you know, um, the guy who developed EFT, is it Gary Craig? I can't think of his name. The um, What's it called? Tapping. Tapping, yeah. Um, emotional right. freedom technique, right. tapping. He says, you know, when you're driving the car and somebody pulls in front of you and you scream at them or flip them the bird, you don't ask for their permission then. So why would you need their permission to do something good? And and that's an interesting take on yeah. it. But my feeling is I'm just not that powerful. There are cosmic forces more powerful than I am. And if it's not supposed to happen, it's not nothing's going to work. Yeah. You know? And our, we're, some things about our society are so boundaryless. It's nice for us, I think, to be really healthy to have boundaries mm-hmm. like that. Yep. And let other people allow them to have their boundaries too. Right. So, right. I, so I think when, sometimes when people are saying that kind of thing, no offense to him, but they're just demonstrating this is a lack of boundaries. Exactly. So I, I don't tend to trust that as much. Right. I'm a, I just, I I'm a boundary a girl. I, I like them. I know. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't do it any other way, <laughs> yeah, yeah. except in the case of unconsciousness or whatever, like right. we talked about. So yeah, that's awesome. So, yeah. so you've got this whole technique. So, but you have a lot of techniques. I do. So <laughs> Debbie's done Atlas Balancing on me. So tell us just a little bit about what that is. That's the thing that she went down to the hotel and did on a lot of people. And that is really powerful people. So I really, what would you do that for someone with? Um, or like, well, is that typically if they have, they're saying I have a back problem? It is, it is multidimensional work, but I, I try it. Um, I do it on people who have neck issues or back issues or things like that. And truly, every single person on the planet needs it. Everybody's atlas is turned to the left. Now, you'll find chiropractors that are going to argue with me here, um, but I have data for them as well. Um, it's turned to the left, and um, every it's in our DNA. It's in every um, person, animal. Um, the only ones that don't have an issue with the atlas are dolphins, whales, and um, pigs. Isn't it interesting that it's left and not right? Yes. Well, and I have my theories about that if <laughs> yeah. you want me to go there. Um, but at any rate... Um, a lot of people spend a lot of money at the chiropractor doing atlas orthogonal orthogonal, and, and all kinds of other techniques that are fine, but um, it's just too much shock to, to pound the atlas like that. It doesn't respond well. And so this is actually um, sound codes, mm-hmm. uh, not sound codes, but sound therapy. And so, for example, there's a specific code for the atlas and I sing that code, and I've done this remotely. I don't have to touch you. And uh, we can turn that atlas to where it's supposed to be. And there's actually a socket for the atlas that people don't know about, that they don't recognize. And once that atlas is in the socket, it doesn't come back out. Um, and I tell the people, if it does, you know, and you, all you have to do is call me, and I'll test to see if the atlas is out. If it is... I'll do it again for free. Um, it's a one-time thing with a follow-up after two weeks. and um, Mine was still in. Yes. <laughs> yes. You and had it, a lovely response. And it was great. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Well, that's why people spend so much money trying to get it in place because it feels so good it when does. your Alice is in place. Um, and I don't know exactly how it works. Here's my theory. Um, if you go on YouTube and look up acoustic levitation, mm-hmm. you'll find videos of where a drop of water is held in midair because of the sound frequencies. 
And so... Oh, I want to see that video. <laughs> yeah, there's more than one. Um, and so I believe that doing the sound code allows it to float just a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then with intention or gen- energetic, gentle energetic touch, you can actually move it into place because it's floating. And, you know, short of falling off a building or something, major trauma, it's not going to come back out and you won't find that. I mean, chiropractors can get it in place, but it usually lasts minutes, yeah. you know, hours, maybe a day at the most. Yeah, and that didn't, it doesn't hurt, and you're not snapping or forcing anything. It's just kind of easing in. And you exactly. Can't, you can't really feel it. And then afterward, you're like, oh, my spine feels so much better. And my right, everything lines better. up to it. And, yeah. and the body wants the atlas to be in place. So mm-hmm. there's not usually any resistance. And then everything kind of adjusts itself. Um, that's a bad word. There, this is not an adjustment. This is not a chiropractic adjustment. Right. Um, it's nothing like that, but everything aligns. Now, um, when I personally... So that means things in your body move to where they're supposed to be. Exactly. And, and people can have some wild um, responses. I know as I went up the spine, each vertebrae, a friend of mine who's very attuned... Um, saw a different past lifetime on each vertebrae. It was really wild. Wow. And so, um, you know, this was brought in by Elizabeth Westerman, who lives in Germany. She was a vocal teacher and very interesting, and a scientist, okay? She doesn't, she didn't do this woo-woo stuff. Yeah. So, so (laughs) she... And the Germans are very science, science. Yes, exactly. And she was finding that she was giving homework to her vocal clients and vocal students, and things were healing in them. And wow. Yeah. And oh. then she, um, she went, she is part of the oneness movement in India, and she went to India, and she met this woman. And she told Elizabeth that she was attuned to something called sound keys that were ancient, and said she told her to go to the Akashic Records and download those sound keys Mm -hmm. and she did and she started using them and she thought that was wonderful but still she's a scientist so she needs you know proof so akashic records is not like a building where you (laughs) go to get it's it's actually information that we don't even know kind of where it lives but it's sort of information that everybody your blueprint and everything you're going to experience in this life and, and all that kind of weird stuff yeah. So um, they're like records in the ether. Mm-hmm. In, you know, exactly. I don't know exactly. another way to say that. Exactly. But. And so um, she did that, and then she was very interested in the atlas and the and those um, spinal things, and so she learned atlas prophylax. Now, there's two things that work for the atlas: this is Dowtel sound codes, which is atlas balancing, and atlas prophylax. Atlas prophylax involves a thirty thousand dollar machine. Oh. which she bought and wow. used, and and it does work. I know people who've been traumatized by being on that machine. Wow. Um, and so it seems like something, oh, and the clock is going to, uh, what do you say? It's validating what I'm about to thank say. You. <laughs> and what you're saying. So 
you know, I mean, anytime you have something to me, in my opinion, anytime you have something that's natural, mm-hmm. <laughs> that seems to be the better way to go to start. Like you want to try to go to have a massage or chiropractic or an energy healing before you want to do surgery where somebody's going to cut into you. Right. So if you have a natural way to get your atlas balanced, it seems like that would be the way to go before you would stick somebody on a machine. Which is why people opinion. go to chiropractic. Right. But, right. But it doesn't quite yeah. get there. Yeah. And so then she was doing really well with the Atlas Prophylax, and then she ended up in, um, I think it was Sweden. No, it was France. She was in France um, working with this artist who does this extraordinary work, and she knew that woman needed her Atlas balance. I mean, she was in pain and all this stuff. She didn't have the machine with her, oh. so she did the sound keys. And she found out that that moved the Atlas into place equally as well as the Atlas Prophylax. Wow. And so she's moved into into doing this, and and so um, you did you get certified, or you I went did. And learned? So you're certified in Atlas. Yes, so. she came to the United States and taught, and um, I learned it. It was probably one of the most sacred teachings I've ever had. It was really really powerful. And now I've just been trained as one of only four people in the United States who are qualified to teach it, and. It's a little tricky because, for example, I can't take any clients during that week. I cannot do anything except teach this mm-hmm. and hold the frequency right. for this. For the code. And I'm going to tell you, when I did the training with her to be the teacher, there was some stuff that happened when she did the final attunement, the final sound code that sealed it in. I was like out of my mind for <laughs> six <laughs> hours. I mean, not out of my mind. I was just in this place, in this zone that was so powerful. I couldn't have done anything if I wanted to. So I get that, Mm -hmm. you know, not being able to take other clients, but it's a week long and we're working to see if we can split that up and some other stuff. So I haven't done it yet, but so you're going to be doing some classes. It sounds uh, like, sounds like it (laughs) coming up on the horizon. Yes. It might be interesting to know that in, um, Czechoslovakia and Germany, this is covered by insurance and, uh, it's really astounding that an energetic modality would be covered by insurance. <laughs> like that'll never happen in the United exactly. States. Exactly. But what they had they to do... They won't even cover my well, glasses they're... in the United States. Right. <laughs> and they're worse in in Germany really. because of the science, technology, background and stuff. But what they had to do was deprogram the MRI machines because the MRI machines can only show you what they know they're supposed to show you. So That's they had true. to take the MRI programming out to show that the atlas was always off to the left and uh, to show the other things that they needed. And, and then they've shown that it's worked. I mean, it's been a lot of years that they that it took them to get. I think I think it's not quite in Germany yet, but it is in Czechoslovakia. It is a, it is uncovered by insurance. That's, so that's legitimized. Yes. It is a legitimized modality. Yes. So tell us a little bit about energetic fusion. You talked about that a little bit. Um so if somebody comes and they sit down, so tell them kind of the process of like kind of what somebody would expect, I guess. Okay. Um, so I usually send people to um, my Facebook business page, Life okay. on Fire Healing, and under the videos. Now, there's some other videos out there, but I, I, if they watch an energetic fusion session, um, they will get the instructions for oh, how it works. that's good. And that's so key because it saves me all the explanation up front when I don't want them to be in their head. Mm-hmm. Yet I have to explain what's going on if they'll just watch one of these videos first. And then um, 
I, I do have a website with the explanation on it, but as you know, this is so hard to explain. It is hard to explain. And and but once you experience it, you totally get yeah. what I'm doing. Yeah, yeah. So that's why I have people try to watch the video and then I ask them to make a list of everything they might want healed in their life or shifted in their life. You know, it doesn't have to be healing, but you can make more money. You can, you know, and I have them make a list. Find a boyfriend. Exactly. That seems like a number one. (laughs) And then I have them um, prioritize that list. And I do this for me so that I know what we're working on, but it really helps them to get a handle on what they'd like to shift in their life, what it looks like, and what's the most important to them. And, you know, some people come to me with 50 things on their list. Clearly, we're not going to get to that in one session. Right. But I will start at the top of the list and I'll go down and this is funny. This is where my IT background comes into play because people are like, well, do you want like a bullet point or do you want, you know, (laughs) they want to tell me a story and I'm like, you tell me whatever you want, but that's why I have you send it to me beforehand so I can work with it. And I find myself, it's, I was a business analyst and I had to create the business requirements, what the business needed, and then transfer that to the technical team. So I was that liaison. And I find myself using those skills to take these things that people have written and turn them into, you know, the right intention for the session. So, for example, they may say they want to work on money. Well, when I work on money, I work on abundance, Mm -hmm. prosperity, because those are different. Right. Receiving, because it's all right there in front of you. And if you can't receive it, you're not going to get it. You're blocking it. Exactly. Deserving. Um, limiting beliefs about lack or about money. If you even believe in lack, then Mm -hmm. that's not helpful. Um, second chakra, because second chakra is the money chakra, um, ancestral things. And then there's a whole other list of things. Now I could work on money by itself, but what I've found is that the bigger the, the category, the less will come up. The more specific I can be, Mm -hmm the more will be revealed. So I work on, I do a session on abundance, then on prosperity, then on limiting beliefs about money. And so doing it that way, you know, maybe that's only their first intention, intention abundance, but I've done seven different things on it. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's much more effective that way. So we work our way down the list. Um, it is a layered process. Uh, only so much will come up on your first session. And, it happens occasionally that I'm not getting a lot and I know there should be a lot. And so it's either resistance in the client. A lot of people say they want things they really don't want or they really don't want to change or they That's really don't so want to true. know. <laughs> That's so true. And, I, and so then my first uh, session on them is to work on resistance. And sometimes there's an issue with me. There's an issue with the modality. They're not really sure about this and what's going on or there's an issue with me. That's, there's totally unconscious. You know, we have some connection from somewhere, we'll right. put it that way. And so I have to harmonize us to each other for it to work. And then sometimes they're just guarded. Their subconscious is so, and that's a good thing. You know, you want to have boundaries and, and everything. And so usually by the second session, their subconscious knows who I am now, yeah. knows I'm not going to do anything to harm them, and, and it lets me in more. But... That's, that's so funny. When I was doing some psychic reading for a while and medium readings, if somebody would give somebody a gift certificate mm-hmm. and they would come in, 
they were notoriously difficult to read. Not everybody, oh, but sometimes because they were resist they had that resistance. Right. And they were really putting up this big curtain of like, I don't know about this whole thing. So and so just gave me this kind of thing. I had a lot of people who will be like that. And I finally was like, no more gift certificates. Right. And you maybe, know. you know, maybe it's not even me personally. It's <clears throat> maybe they have issues with women. You never you know? know. That's right. So we figure out what the blockage is and we try to clear it. And then, you know, by the second session, like I say, it's usually, uh, usually a lot better. But we work on as much as we can work on. Um, I don't really set a time limit. They run from 45 minutes to an hour and 15 minutes. And it's totally dependent on what your consciousness is capable of because as it wanes down and I start to get into something that should have a lot and it doesn't have a lot of stuff clearing I know your consciousness is going we're done here (laughs) you know enough for one day and then there's an integration period so it's not instant some of it is fairly instant Um, but it integrates into your system over a period of time and so let's say after first session, it may be 10 days to two weeks for you to integrate. And really, the only reason I ask that is to know when you can have your next session. Okay. And then your next session, you know, you can start where we left off on the list and start those things, or you can go back for your next layer on the things that were at the top of the list. So, whatever people need. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that, you know, I don't know that people really understand that in addition to being this very dense compilation of energy, right? Like my arm is an arm. You can feel it. You can touch it. But people have energetic bodies that go out, that extend beyond. So we have, you know, when you're working with a person, you're not just working with the arm. You're working with all these other energetic bodies that extend out that we can't really see with our eyes. But now scientists, science is saying, you have an aura. It's a real thing. You have these energetic bodies. Right. So you're working on all that part of the person. Exactly. And I usually tell people who don't understand that, that if you were to close your eyes and I was to start walking towards you, you would know. When I was too close, you would feel that, you yeah. know, at a few feet away. So there is something in you that knows that's your energy field. That's, you know, those are your boundaries. And the energy field has different I call them bodies. There's a physical body, and then there's the etheric body, which is kind of like your blueprint um, for your body. And then there's your um, emotional body, or some people call it the astral body, and this is where all your emotional stuff lives, or most of it. And then there's your mental body, which is your thoughts, um, but also your memories. Mm -hmm. And then um, the causal body is really the one that's between your human form and your human consciousness and all things spiritual. So, um, very cool. Yeah. See, I was just calling it an aura and it's really all these, (laughs) it's it's all these other things. And then there are other things that are not, um, physical energy bodies, but there were things live like, um, there's a fear body that -hmm. holds all your fears. There's a pain body. That holds all your pain, you know, whether it's emotional or physical or whatever. And so, you know, there's lots of places to look for lots of things. And sometimes I find um, people, you know, so many people are so sensitive these days, um, hypersensitive to anything. And I'm an HSP, a highly sensitive person. Me That's too. a diagnosis. But <laughs> yeah. 
But, you know, and for example, I can't stand overhead lights. I can't stand scent. People are like, oh, it's just essential oils. And I'm like, I don't care. It's not the chemicals. It's the actual scent that bothers me. So, and I'm very, I can't do noise. (laughs) So um, there's that. But um, oftentimes with people like this who are very empathic and kind of take on everybody else's emotions and stuff, Mm -hmm. um, I find their energy fields are huge. So they're walking around with these energy fields that go out 50 feet and they're in the mall and everybody in the mall is walking through their energy field, dropping stuff off as they walk through. Wow. And so I learned a very simple technique in pranic healing. They had me up on the stage and they said they had people, um, various people measure my energy field and he did physical energy and spiritual energy. So my physical energy went out about six feet in every direction. And my spiritual energy went out eight or nine feet. And then he said, I want you to simply say these words. I withdraw and contract my energy. Wow. And I did. And they checked me again. And my field was within inches of my body. So anytime I'm going out in public, anytime, you know, anything like that, I just say I withdraw and contract my energy. And, and it and it keeps people out of my keeps me from picking up you know space junk as it were. That's and a great it, tip. It is. So what do they? So what do we say again? Say it one more time. I withdraw and contract my energy. So I'm going to do that now before I walk outside because mm-hmm. I really need that. Yes, you do. <laughs> and and now you're going to get the questions about well, how do I get my energy field back out? You know, what do I do? I think it just naturally it goes back out. Doesn't it does. It, it does. Mm. So. Mm-hmm. I was talking with Lee Morgan earlier in the week about, like, reading other people. You know, like when the waitress comes over to the table, and then I suddenly know 40 things about her. So, you know, that I don't really want to know, maybe. Exactly. And I don't do that with my friends, because I have that boundary. Like, in order to have a friendship, I don't want to know all their stuff, right? right? But then I'll forget the waitress. So then she'll come up, and I know she's breaking up with her boyfriend or whatever. So now if I do that, I think I won't have that going on as much. Yeah, probably. That's probably correct. And then the other thing is um, auras can be, especially for empathic people that tend to pick up all this stuff, you know, you're picking up positive things. You're picking up or you're picking up thoughts and stuff like that just general feelings about a person too their mood and but sometimes some of us pick up diseases and you know take on other people's garbage like you've never seen and try not to do that part of that is because the aura is very porous okay so it's like the difference between a kitchen sponge and a bath sponge so they have these huge holes in their aura and just anything can come in so Uh, well, and you know, sometimes people will say something like, they'll have a parent who's dying of cancer, and they'll say, oh, if I could only just take that on for them. A, no, no. Yeah, let's, don't let's, do that. Let's not take that on for them. That's their right. journey. Don't be saying right. those words or thinking that. Exactly. You know, it's so. it's interesting with diseases, but I didn't even think about somebody taking on somebody else's diseases through their energy field, but it makes sense. Mm-hmm. And this is not to scare everybody that you're going to just go out there and catch every disease from other people and there's some science it's probably science but there is some evidence that when you're around somebody with dementia all the time the partner Mm -hmm. often gets dementia and the caregivers have a little more trouble thinking and stuff like that so that's interesting yeah well and we always say if we get you know certain diseases are airborne Mm -hmm. 
And it might be that their energy bore. <laughs> exactly. You know, so I don't think people really know. And, and when it's just like you said, when people care, they want to take care of you. They want to take it for you. They want to do make all it all stuff. better. Exactly. Let me make it all better. That, that's not helpful. Making yourself sick is not helpful. Let me be with you, you narcissist, because I'm an <laughs> empath. <laughs> that's the big one I see all the time. Right. You know, as somebody who's trying to fix the fixing just exactly. fix fix ourselves everybody yeah Let's that's a good idea out. so i'm trying i was going to ask you about the big buzzword of this year and now i've forgotten it last year it was self-care it's trauma 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 isn't that like the buzzword of 2019 there may be others well i think the me too movement and other things have brought this up in in everybody's face and and thank god yes exactly <laughs> and um I do a lot of work around trauma. It's part of the lifeline technique, and it's part of the UN method. And um, it's the the key to doing this work is not to re-traumatize the person. And so this is very powerful work for clearing trauma without re-traumatizing. And that's why I think it's so great that the way that you work, and I think that's what I was trying to say earlier, is you're not saying, okay, so I'm detecting like all this anger because of the blah, blah, blah. You're just going in and clearing it. Right. The we don't put not, any judgment on how it got there because we don't have any idea. You're not giving them another story to latch on to and to right. bring into their being this story that they're, they're going to go out. And, and so many people just want to take anything that they hear and apply it. And I'm like, don't, don't do that because you might hear selfish 50 times. But it might not be you that's the selfish one. It might be somebody in your life who's very selfish, and that gets transferred to you. You're yeah. carrying that. So I tell people to, you know, to not really attach to these emotions and certainly not to take. This is not a reason to beat the daylights out of yourself. Mm-hmm. There is never a reason to do that. Right. <laughs> There's never. So, okay, so if people are finding that they have traumas, then they can work with you and they can work with you on the computer. And I've worked exactly. with you, you sitting in your house and me sitting in my house in my pajamas, which is very comfortable. Yes. <laughs> you know, and I also think it's nice for a healer to be in their own space exactly. where you're comfortable and where you can feel like you can do your best work other than coming into some place and you're not really sure. And well, That's exactly how I feel. People are like, Oh, well, I need you to be in the room with me. And, okay, I can do that. I'll charge you more for yeah, that because yeah. I don't need to be there. And once you've experienced it, you'll see. Yeah, I don't totally. touch you. I don't need to be there, really. Um, but I think that when, you know, I can have a beautiful space with a massage table and all these other things. But still, if somebody's never been there and their trauma is coming mm-hmm. up. Yeah. They're not going to be comfortable no matter how beautiful and sweet and how good it smells and how it looks or anything else. So the fact that they can be in their own home on their own couch, and that's kind of the, that's kind of the way things are today anyway. It's really hard to get people off their couches. So. It, it is. It is. It's hard to get me off. And right when she was talking about that, all of the ice cubes in my ice maker just fell and kind of validated <laughs> that, yeah, you don't have to get off of your couch to... To work. Mm-hmm. Okay, so one other thing that I kind of wanted to talk about is, oh, the chakras. So everybody's always like, okay, there are seven chakras. And then I've heard you say there are a lot more. There are. And I've um, always thought there are a lot more. And when right. you're looking at the meridians, there are tons of meridians. and Right. 
Like, it seems like it could almost be almost infinite, you know. Well, I, you know, this only happened about three or four years ago, maybe. Um, I had the seven chakras, and I look for emotions that need to be cleared out of chakras and other things like that. And then suddenly I started getting 11th chakra and 12th chakra. And I thought, well, that's interesting. And I... I think it stopped at 12, and I thought, well, 12 is a sacred number and, you know, all that stuff, so there's probably only 12. And then a few months later, maybe six months later, I started getting all the way up to 22. And I went, wow, this is interesting, but there's a master number 22. That's probably the end of it. Six months later, it went to 33, (laughs) and I'm like, there can't be any more than 33. Good heavens. And and I went all the way now to 64, and I believe that 64 is the max. Now, I usually say I, I don't know what all of these do, but I have ample proof that they exist because of the way my technique works. For example, if I were to say that I want your liver to function at 100% and there's nothing wrong with your liver, there's nothing that's going to come up to clear. So if these chakras didn't exist and, and we asked for clearing them, nothing would come up. So they're definitely there. I don't know what all of them do. I don't know what many of them do. I think 64 is the final connection between you and source. And it's also where a lot of interference comes in. So, But we'll ask her in two years and say. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, that's one thing I love about you is you're so open-minded. Like you didn't say to Oh, but there are only seven, so I'm not going to accept this 22. You know, you're like, oh, let me find out more about that. Let me think about that for a few minutes. Right. And are you finding that you think right now that everybody has 64, or is it? Do do. you think just certain people? No, it's everybody. So it's not different. I find it in every client I work on. Wow. So I have 64 shockers. Yes, you do. That is so cool. Now I want to see somebody redraw the diagram with the 64. Yeah, good luck with that. Like I'll say, they're saying 30-second chakra came up a lot, so I go look up 30-second chakra, and there is actually some stuff out there, but it's not my stuff. It's not. So are they above us? Do some of them? I've um, always wondered about, there. nobody ever puts them into the hands or into oh the yes. feet well, and pranic legs? Oh, healing, yes. Pranic healing does. Okay. In pranic healing, there are, the main chakras are different. You have the, um, the first chakra is called the sex chakra. And it's, it only goes out the front. Instead mm-hmm. of pointing down like the root chakra does, it points forward. And then they don't really have a first chakra. And then um, they have, instead of the second chakra, which is in the pelvis for everybody else, they call the navel chakra. And it's literally around the navel, okay? And then um, there's a chakra that's only in the back at the base of the spine called the basic chakra and that controls all things musculoskeletal. So when you got hip pain, leg pain, anything musculoskeletal, I'll look at that chakra and it'll be shut down. And so I'll open it up. So for you guys who don't know, pranic healing is like a modality. Yes. It's it's different, but it's a modality like Reiki is a modality of energy healing. Right. And, and you the can, book Pranic Healing is like right over there on my shelf. Oh, cool. <laughs> it's in that basket. Good for you. Yeah. Um, I love it, too. I haven't taken the classes, but I've read the books. and Yeah. And so the the you can do both clearing and energizing to all these chakras. 
which with Reiki, sometimes you can only put energy in. Now, somebody who's really a good Reiki master knows how to do various things with it. But for pranic healing, I clear it out and clean it. Um, and then I ask what color of prana it needs. The prana is just energy, mm-hmm. but there are different colors of energy, and they're used for different things. Like if I if orange comes up, which doesn't come up very often, it is um, uh, something needs to be broken up. Mm-hmm. Okay, and if it's yellow, um, that's like concrete. You don't use it very often. It's for broken bones, things like that. Um, and it, it, there are different colors. Well, I should finish the chakras first. Third, fourth, fifth chakra are the same, except the fifth chakra in pranic only goes out the front instead of front and back. Um, There is the Ajna chakra, which is the sixth chakra, the third eye, which most people know about. But in pranic healing, in, in other things, that's usually intuition was what people think of it as. And in pranic healing, it's more about intelligence mm-hmm. and knowledge. Yeah. And then there's another chakra and, and about I two totally inches. agree with that. Yeah, the, yeah. The, the set, the, there's a forehead chakra that's mm-hmm. about two inches above the third eye. And the, if you are a clairvoyant, your forehead chakra will be massive. Mm-hmm. So that's the intuition. And then there's the crown chakra like other. Sometimes I take mine and go. Right. <laughs> exactly. But um, make it smaller. There's also, in addition to the major chakras, there's a few minor chakras, like there's a chakra right in the center of the back of the head. And this is where I go immediately for fever. If there's fever in the, and there's going to be an enlarged back head chakra, and if it's large, and I just ask how many inches it is. So if it's too large, um, that means there's congested energy there. And so cleaning that out helps with the fever. There's one called the Meng Main Chakra that's in the center of the back, and it controls things that go up like blood pressure, hot flashes, that kind of thing. Uh-huh. And then there's mini chakras. There's probably 60 mini chakras all over the body. Mm-hmm. Armpit chakras is where breast cancer is mm-hmm. and things like that. Elbow chakras, um, hand chakras, knees, hips, feet, and then You're every, blowing everybody's mind. I right know, now. and then That's every great. every organ. Yeah. So so see, Debbie knows how to check for a lot of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> if you got stuff, <laughs> right? If I can't find it one way, I'll find it the other way. That's yeah. what I, I kind of do that troubleshooting, digging. You know, let's look at it from every possible angle that we can look at it from. That's so. good. She's, you're very creative. You have spent a lot of time studying. Yeah. A lot of time learning. You're a lifelong learner. It's earlier, interesting. I would never you said consider, you didn't get your college degree, right. but you've gotten your healing degree several you. times over. I'm telling you. So, and and uh, you know, I would not call myself creative, but in this way, I guess I am. You are it's very interesting. You are because you you know you're. I think of creativity as talent, which I don't really know. Yeah. It's it's just taken all you've taken all these different things and created this whole. Um, all these modalities and different ways of doing the healing. So to, to do that, you have to be really creative. You have to say, you have to say, oh, I've got this gift and this gift and this gift and this gift. Let me put it all together. And then you have to be open to like, okay, so I had somebody need a pranic healing and I've been through, there's the different colors uh, all the way up to gold. There's um, red, orange, yellow, blue, green, violet, electric violet, which is divine white light with a little bit of purple around the edges. And there's gold. And gold is the least used. It's very rare. It's very powerful. But then I'm working on a client and I've gone, does it need to be energized? Yes. And I've gone through all the colors and I'm not getting anything. So I said, 
rainbow? <laughs> See, creative. Exactly. And yeah. I, now I've added um, rainbow auroric, which is kind of the difference between a rainbow and the aurora borealis. Yeah. And um, diamond light, platinum light, and celestial starlight. Ooh. Which is what a lot of us are needing right now. Yeah. So, and you know, the I know the shop, a lot of shamans use gold light before mm-hmm. they journey. Mm-hmm. They'll surround themselves with that, so right. they're bringing that in. Which I so, think and is this is kind of the way I've learned. You know, I get to the end of a list and there's no answer, and now I have to go off the chart. You know, mm-hmm. I have to try to use my intuition or whatever comes through as. Well, where do I go next? So that's really how all of this came about. But that's really the way it should be. Mm-hmm. I mean, to, if you're when you're looking for solutions, it's not just okay. Well, this knee is hurting, so I'm going to take an Advil for it. Right. It's like, what is the source of this, and why is this happening over and over again? Right. What, what is this pattern? What's, it's got a story. What's the story? Yeah, and what's the pattern, and how can we shift up this pattern and then reconfigure it, mm-hmm. which is really what I think you do, is yes. take something and find the weakness, sort of find out what's going on with that, and then let's reconfigure it so that it's more useful for this person. Unravel and reweave. Unravel and reweave. That's right. So unravel and re- reweave. And so one other thing I wanted to talk about is you've said you're an indigo bridge, which I love because this podcast is on the bridge. <laughs> you're the bridge, and I'm the indigo. So tell everybody what the indigo bridges are because I love that story. Um, I don't know exactly what they are. This is what I was told because I, I'm so steeped in healing work and energy work and things like that. You know, anything out there. I'm out there. I admit it. I'm cool with it. Um, I love a good skeptic. Uh, but indigos are a certain age, and I am too old to oh, be an okay. indigo. Okay. I'm way before the earliest. And so, thank you. My new what talk. I was told, <laughs> What I was told was that I was an indigo, indigo beacon or an indigo bridge. I came here to set the stage for the indigos to come in. Well, we thank you. We yes. indigos. And we indigos are like the fighters, right? We're the ones that are always like... The revolutionaries, yes. Yeah, the ones that are going to change the world. Yeah, I don't know about that. I don't know about changing the world, but... And then we... And then I think we're like a bridge for the next ones mm-hmm. that are coming the up. The crystal then, children and the rainbow children and all that stuff. Yeah. So it, so it takes everybody kind of working together and making a little progress. And, you know, so I really hope that the one thing that people will take away from this is that there are so many ways to heal. And if you can't find the way, or whatever you're doing is not working, it right. does not mean that there is not something that cannot work. Right. And for the long, you know, for the longest time when I was really, really sick, and I was going to, like, the best, probably, allopathic doctor in Atlanta, one of the best, you know, just, and sort of like Dr. House, always wanting to get to the root of the problem. So right. Definitely a person who is a diagnostician extraordinaire. But when that person said to me, we don't, I, I finally said, well, why is this happening? And then I heard, well, we don't really know why it's happening. And I thought, well, dang, somebody out there is going to know why it's happening. And I'm going to go find out why because I, that's the real question to ask is the to get started on the path. It's, you don't want to get stuck in the why. But to me, that was like, I will go find that. And I'm going to go find that. And when I made that decision, all these things started laying out in front of me. Mm -hmm. 
you know, somebody showed me a video of Dr. Mark Hyman and I was like, oh, there's such a thing as a functional MD. Maybe I'll go find one of those. And right. then somebody else showed me something else and then something else. The universe so, conspired to get you where you needed to be. It's amazing. So if you're hearing this and you're having an issue, you're hearing this for a reason. And that reason is that you need to find Debbie <laughs> or you need to go find somebody like Debbie and try something different. Right. Um, so not only are emotions the root of a lot of the issues, but there are so many other places that I go that that people, I mean, I don't know if we should go here, but I, I think people should no, know yeah, that. Yeah, I do, because um, it's not just your physical body, your emotions. Or your physical life. It is stuff from past lives sure. affects us. We carry stuff in from past lives. Um, there are parallel lives. We're actually having other lifetimes and other dimensions. Now I've lost about 50% of the no, audience. No, that's true. And I think, now, I, I, think I, and I always talk about that on my Instagram. And <laughs> that, that, you know, there are other things going on. And, you know, in this life, you're a 50-year-old woman. And in, in another life, you might be a 5-year-old boy mm-hmm. who's having similar issues. It bleed, there's this bleed-through that happens. And even... Future lives, you know, people look at this stuff the wrong way. I try to look at it as it's like a spreadsheet. It's just another tab on the spreadsheet. It's really not time. Time is not real. But there are things that may happen in a future life that are affecting you now. I've had, I've gone to a future life uh, for the holding pattern with somebody and found out that the original occurrence, so I walk through all the emotions and stuff from that future lifetime. And then I'll say, where's the holding pattern? And it'll say, two past lives ago, which is this lifetime. I love so, that. yeah. Well, and it's pretty common knowledge now that if you heal yourself, you heal the next however many generations. Some people say seven. Some people say 14. Well, if we can't affect the future now, then how can that be true? Exactly. I mean, it's all... Ha- and, and I also think about this. You don't have a file cabinet in your head where your memories live. Right. Where are they? Exactly. Is it because they're happening right now and you're accessing that somehow? Mm-hmm. Or did, you know, so quantum physicists are saying time is really not linear. Exactly. So I don't think we need to, you know, we don't have to really defend that. And it's okay if you're not really right there with us yet. Right. Because we don't Just really. Just know that I'm going there with you. Yeah. <laughs> you call me. Tell me go there if with it you. comes up, we're going there. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, and, you know, you don't have to believe it or not believe it. It's just, you know, you That's, can be affected by these things. So It's so the great not. thing about energy healing is you do not have to hold any certain belief to respond to it, to have it benefit you. You could be um, staunch, you know, and, Christian and still have energy healing be effective for you. And you can take it and say it's God. You can say it's a miracle. You can say that it's uh, energy if you're more scientifically minded. It really kind of fits into whatever a person's belief is. You don't have to have a certain belief for it to be effective, in my opinion. Exactly. And then the other thing is that um, the energies are really ramping up on this planet right now. There's uh, frequencies are stronger and more intense and and my information says that in 2012 when all this stuff was supposed to happen if we had been hit with the energy levels and the frequency levels we have now it would have literally disintegrated us so the energies have been stepped up Mm -hmm. since 2012 they're really really powerful and it's very very hard for some people there's a lot of people leaving the planet right now a lot of pets leaving the planet because it's just too intense. The energy is too intense. And so 
that's one of the things I love to work on, clearing the side effects of any issues with the frequencies and the energies. And you'd be amazed. So many people are having like heart palpitations and doctors can't find anything and well, if you think headaches, about it, dizziness, you know, exhaustion. They're so exhausted. And well, even in the physical realm, you know, we're going from 5, 4G to 5G. Exactly. Those are energy frequencies that are in and around us that are affecting us. Mm-hmm. And science has now said, yes. Wi-Fi will affect you, whether you believe that or not. And, and if you think about it, how does a cell phone, how do we talk to each other on the cell phone? We're getting these energetic frequencies that are going up to the satellite and coming back down. And the satellite is like the translator. And the cell phone is the translator. That is all the energy healing and energy modality. We're working with the unseen. And, and so does... This podcast, you're listening to this through sound waves that are unseen. It's not really any different at all. It's just that we grew up thinking, oh, we've always had radio. We've always had television. We've always had telephones. Mm -hmm. But before that, people were like, how can people, how can this magical box be working in our living room? So we're on the edge of people starting to understand this as being a normal thing like a television or radio you don't have to understand it i get it so i know to look for it right and i've said to people sometimes we've gone like way out there with some things and i'm like who else would think of this what else do you know where we could you know work on these things that are so clearly affecting you that you didn't even know about well i drive a car and i don't know how my car works exactly there are some mechanics who know how my car works exactly but i don't know and I remember my grandmother saying when they got, you know, when they got radio, it was like this magical thing in the living room that nobody knew how it worked. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's kind of where we are with this energy healing. People are starting to say, okay, well, it's sort of this magical thing I don't understand, but I'm willing to try it. Sort of like the radio. And then a lot of people get to me because they've tried everything else and, you know, they're not getting help. So... Yeah, so if you're not getting help, don't, you know, don't close the door. Don't say exactly. that I can't, you know, there's nothing more for me. I can't believe it sometimes when I hear people say, well, the doctors say there's no hope. I'm like, well, there's only no hope if you think there's no hope. Right. So Terminal, what is that? Um, incurable. Incurable means curable from the inside. Ooh, I love that. Yeah. I love that. It's so true. My doctor always laughs at me, my doctor now, and says, you were supposed to be dead. Ha, 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 Right? You were poisoned. Take that. Yeah. <laughs> you were poisoned. You're supposed to be. So, I mean, if I can be poisoned with poison that they use in chemical warfare and almost be dead and come back and be completely functional, mm-hmm. it, you know, it's possible for anybody to do. And a big part of that was there were some physical things I had to do, but a big part of that was doing a lot of energy work. Mm-hmm. Uh, to get to where I can right and you know just the fact that I know about these things I have a friend and he calls me his spiritual Wikipedia because <laughs> I'm just a, I'm one of those um, seekers I'm always looking at different modalities and different concepts and different ideas and now, I don't ask anybody to agree with me but I can use that stuff in my practice to really help people so that's wonderful so that sponge you know bring it on give it to me tell me what's out there and what's available and what i can use you know has really served my clients yeah debbie has a big (laughs) toolbox no kidding (laughs) that is really big 
She's bringing her aura in, but her toolbox is expanding. And that's why it's so hard to explain this on my website. There's just... It is. When I went and looked, I was like, oh, okay. So does not cover it, but I don't know how to cover it. Yeah, so. I think basically you just call her and she'll show you, a, a, watch the video of what she does and then have a session with her. Yeah. And whatever it is that you need, she'll find it and figure it out. Mm-hmm. And, you, you know, together you can... Just don't analyze. Just relax and trust. And you know, I'm, I don't. I would never do anything that would injure you in any way, shape, or form. So. Yeah, and it can't. I really feel like energy healing is. It's set up so that it's not negative. You know, it doesn't ever. I've never ever seen it ever. Do harm right. when the practitioner has a good intention. Right. So all right. Well, that has, was a lovely chat. Is there yeah, anything else I you want to say? I think. Um, no, I think. Tell us your website one more time, and I'm going to actually put it in the link underneath the show notes. Okay. It is lifeonfirehealing.com. Lifeonfirehealing.com. And it needs some updating, so we're working on that. That's okay. But, we're not um, going to judge web. She's too busy healing to do a website design. Administrative stuff. Yeah, yeah. Who cares about that? As long so, as you can find her. And do you like people to call you? Do you like people to email no, you? Email you is really the best. I-L-G as an in infinite love and gratitude. I-L-G Atlanta at gmail.com. I-L-G Atlanta at gmail.com. So you can just shoot her an email. And then she'll get back with you. Mm-hmm. That's great. Well, thank you so much for coming thank all the way so into Atlanta and having this great chat about oh, all the great things that you do. Totally and delighted. It's wonderful. Thank My you. Pleasure. You're so welcome. All right. Hey, y'all. Thanks again for listening this week. If you're enjoying this podcast, if you would do me a favor and head on over to iTunes and give us a short review and maybe click on those five stars, that helps other people find the podcast and it also helps encourage me that I should keep making it. Um, Also, we have a Facebook page for On the Bridge. If you'll go to the Facebook page, you can shoot me a message there to give me any show ideas you have, any subjects that you would like for me to cover or any questions for me and I'll try to answer them on the podcast and if I get enough questions I could even do a question and answer um, podcast and maybe ask a friend uh, to do that with me which might be really fun instead of doing an interview we could do a Q&A session um, alright thanks so much and I appreciate all the listeners bye y'all